And that's our challenge is that we live in a society of instant gratification where people want things now and the temptation is just to consume and live up to your standard of living today. But the problem with that is if you spend all your money today, you've got nothing for tomorrow and you're still going to want to do stuff tomorrow. So how is that going to happen if you don't plan for it? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Goals Do Come True with me, Doug Bennett. And today I'm joined by Brad Brain. Now, Brad is a financial advisor, friend of mine from over in Canada. We know each other through the Million Dollar Roundtable. And Brad's got ideas on stuff. He's author of the book Prosperity Making Smart Strategic Decisions About Money. So, I think when you're talking about goals, money comes into it. Nearly everybody in the world has a a goal or an income goal. So we're going to have a chat about that sort of stuff and see where it leads us. So Brad, thank you very much for joining me. Doug, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to share some ideas with you. We do a lot of similar work. You You have the book and the podcast. Congratulations on the success of those. And my own work is similar. It's goals based. I primarily work with people to help them make smart decisions about their money so they can accomplish their great goals in life. And what's interesting to me, and perhaps to listeners who would tune into a a podcast on goals, is that there are so many people who do not make decisions that are consistent with their financial objectives. To me, it's just so self-evident that if you want to accomplish your goals, you're going to act consistent with them. But the reality is that happens perhaps rare, more rare than, than people would think. And basically what it comes down to is money is not always rational. Money, when you're making a money decision, often that's an emotional decision. And people will make decisions based on emotional reasons and then rationalize them after the fact. But what it, what it also means is that a lot of times people are making decisions that are not helping them. They're not helping them at all. They're doing stuff even random things that pop into their head rather than, than doing things that are actually help them accomplish their great goals in life. To that end, one of the things I've been working on lately is I've recently released an app, a financial planning app. And the objective of this app is to help people remain focused on what's really important with them, to them and so that they can move towards what their great goals are and to accomplish what they want in life. So one day they're going to look back and say, yeah, that's it. I did it. This is where I want to be. Yes. And, but I think what they say is that if you don't know where you're going, all roads lead there. Yeah. So that relates to what I was saying about how people will make decisions that are inconsistent with their objectives. They'll do things that seem like a good idea at the time. And then what happens is over time, they get these collection of ideas that seem good at the time, but they really don't help them reach their great goals in life. No, I do find myself on occasion sitting down with people and tidying up their carrier bag or Hessian bag full of documents. I've got this here and I've got that there and I've got this and it seemed like a good idea. I read something in the newspaper and, you know, it said I should do this and and it's like, and then we've got to sort it all out for them. Right. Well, I think perhaps that in today's age with the social media and the access to information that Maybe it's even more of an issue than in the past where people run across this idea and it seems like it's something. And, and often, you know what it is, it's people, they, they're fearful that they're missing out on something. So they want to jump in on something that, that seems like it's going up because 
it seems like it's going up rather than it'll be at a decision that will help them, let's say, retire with the standard of living that they want or educate their children or make some sort of philanthropic uh, donations. It's They're scared they're missing out on something, which in the end, that's not a financial decision. That's crossing your fingers and buying a lottery ticket. It, it's It's not strategic at all. No. And that's our job, isn't it? As financial advisors, is is to actually pull you, rein you in yeah. when you go too far adrift of what your goals are. Absolutely. Sometimes uh, the best thing that we can do as financial advisors is tell somebody, no, don't do that. Yes, indeed. And it's all in the delivery. And sometimes we have to scream. And yeah. sometimes, in, you know, I, I have had. The odd occasion where I've let slip and it's like, are you mad? (laughs) Back to what I was saying about how people will make decisions that aren't consistent with their financial objectives, right? So let's say somebody says to me that their goal is to retire at a certain age with a certain level of income, and yet they pull the money out of their retirement plan to go on a vacation. So you're telling me one thing, but you're doing something that's different. Yes, incongruent. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, it's it's not going to help in the plan in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Good stuff. We, we're going to mix in some of the um, financial stuff on here because I don't tend to talk about it too much on my on my podcast because just because I'm here about goals and stuff like that. But you know, mm-hmm. if, if people are interested, one if they're in Canada, they can have a chat with you. But if they're in the UK, they can have a chat with me if they like. And we'll, well sort things out for them. And and why that's important is because money helps us accomplish our goals. There are some goals that you don't necessarily require money to do. Like, for instance, a good one of mine is physical fitness. And I don't have to spend a lot of money to be fit. But there are a lot of goals that you do need to plan for, and, and money's going to be part of that planning. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm helping a, a young woman... At the moment, we, we met while we were doing the three peaks and she's writing her goals down daily, which is something I recommend. And I think she's going to be consistently writing the goals down, which is going to be cool. But there's going to come a time when we need to have a chat about what her income is and what her outgoings are and where is she allocating the money to do all the things that she really wants to do on this system. And I think there's something in that. And from what you're saying, your app will pull people in on actually going somewhere towards achieving stuff. So I think that's very important. And then it's whatever tool works for you, I think. That I 100% concur with that. The objective of this, it's not to, to do it for you, but rather it's a tool to help you focus on your goals. I liken it to a personal trainer for your finances, where we will give people information but also a little bit of motivation to help them stay on course. But really the true secret of the app is to stimulate your own thinking. And it's a little bit of a a daily reminder, perhaps, that, okay, if you want to accomplish what you're telling me you want to accomplish, then you you need to take the steps to to move in that direction. It's not going to happen by chance. No, absolutely. No, that's it. Yeah, a Starbucks skinny latte with whatever extras you have on it plus the bun that goes alongside isn't actually going to help in your long-term planning. You know? Yeah. And that's our challenge is that we live in a society of instant gratification where people want 
things now. And the temptation is just to consume and live up to your standard of living today. But the problem with that is if you spend all your money today, you've got nothing for tomorrow and you're still going to want to do stuff tomorrow. So how is that going to happen if you don't plan for it? No, uh, no, you're right on there. But and, and I think there's somebody's law, is it Parkinson's law, that we actually spend 10% of what we got coming in because we anticipate that we're going to have more money in the future. So it's even worse than it first appears. My thinking, and it goes back to the richest man in Babylon, I think somebody mentioned mm-hmm. that uh, on a podcast I was listening to myself. And it's like you need to tuck away 30% of your income. And another thing that I've heard is like, right, you're actually, when you're paid, whenever payday is, if it's every two weeks or every month, as it is, tends to be in the UK, you're paid for two people. You're paid for the person that you are now and the person that you're going to become. And our job as financial advisors is stopping you spending the money that the person that you're going to become is relying on, which is the 30%. That's right. And so to take that a little bit further, there's actually a competition between your future self and your present self as to who's going to get to use those resources. And you can't let the present self win or else the future self starves. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you don't mind me just spending a few moments to tell you about my new book, I'm very excited. It's called Think Simple, Win Big, How to Build the Business of Your Dreams with a Few Simple Goals. And it's a rewrite of my original book, Goals Do Come True. And it's especially available for entrepreneurs, either new entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who want to get the fundamentals right with their business. So if you are interested in getting your hands on a copy, go to my website, www.dougbennett.co.uk and register there and we'll make sure that you get first dibs on a copy and a discount on the nine. 99 price. Anyway, let's go back to the podcast. No, it's all, this is, it's all good. And it's the psychology of money for a star and also on goal setting. So let's go with a little bit of personal stuff. I like to ask people about their big, hairy, audacious goals. So Brad, have you got any? I'm going to imagine that the app and all the work that's been involved in that is going to have been a big, hairy, audacious goal to get it out there if it's physically out there now, which I believe it is. Yes. But are you working on anything else at the moment that the world needs to know about that you're happy to share is not protected by any kind of copyright? Right. Right. So my best big, hairy, audacious goal story has already happened. And as you mentioned, we're both members of the Million Dollar Roundtable. So how I got into the Million Dollar Roundtable to begin with was in 2009, I wrote a article that appeared in a national publication and didn't think too much about that. Little while later, I get an envelope in the mail from Rogers Financial. Now, for people who are outside of, of Western Canada, Rogers Financial is one of the preeminent financial planning firms in the country. And It's named after Jim Rogers, who's the former MDRT past president. He's an icon. He's the type of person that wins Lifetime Achievement Awards. So this is a pretty prestigious outfit. And at the time, I didn't know anybody that worked at Rogers Financial. There's no reason for me to get a letter in the mail. So 
I, this is it, honestly, when this letter showed up, I thought it was a transfer out of one of my clients. And I was, this is a true story. I was legitimately impressed that they would pick Rogers Financial rather than going to some big bank where they'd be in anonymous. This, they, I, I hold this company in high regard. So I open up the letter and this is a handwritten note from Jim Rogers himself saying, congratulations on the article. Hope to see you at MDRT in Vancouver 2010. And he clipped my article out of the paper and sent it to me. And so this made such an impression on me that this is now my goal to get to MDRT. But for perspective, it's not the first time that I'd heard about MDRT. When I first heard about MDRT, it was early in my career. And for people who don't know, the Million Dollar Roundtable, it's billed as the premier association of financial planners in the whole world. This is the premier association. And it's a production-based group. So you have to qualify to be there. So early in my career, I, I read about MDRT and I said, well, Premier Association of Financial Planners, I, that, that sounds pretty good. I want to be in that group. And then I found out what it took. <laughs> and like, like a lot of people, my, my first years in the, the business were fairly lean. And to me, this was just an unimaginable achievement to, to have that level of production it would have taken me a hundred years to meet the annual requirement. It was just way beyond where it was. And this now, is for regular MDLT yeah, production. Yeah, when I first no, heard no, about it not back the in the yeah, upper levels. Yeah, in the 1990s, I was nowhere near, right? So, but in 2009, and so what happened is I forgot about it, right? Like it was so beyond where I was, I'd forgotten about MDRT. But then this letter shows up from Jim Rogers. And now all of a sudden, this is my objective, right? Here's Jim Rogers writing me a letter saying, hope to see you there. No, I want to be there, right? So I checked it out and sure enough, I, I qualified. So I live in a town that is of a population of about 20,000. It's a small rural community called Fort St. John, British Columbia. It's a, uh, a wonderful place, but even after 15 years, realistically, I'm, I'm a medium-sized fish in a very small pond. And so I go to this meeting, MTRT, and there's about seven or 8,000 people in attendance. This is a big, if you're in a room with seven or 8,000 people and you're from a town of, of 20, this is, this is pretty impressive, right? But what really impressed me was that this is an amazing group of accomplished people, some of the best and brightest minds on the planet in the financial services industry all at once. And I remember sitting in the audience, listening to these amazing world-class speakers. And what it did is it lifted the ceiling on my thinking. It, it made me realize that there's this entire world that is so much more than what I'd been exposed to prior to that. And I, the interesting part, going back to goals, is that I'm sitting in the audience, I remember having this thought, is imagine how amazing it would be to reach a spot in your career where it's deemed that you have something worthwhile to present to this amazing collection of financial advisors who've been to a million conferences and heard a million speakers. So how good do you have to be to present at the conference? Now, at the time, I had no aspirations at all myself of, of speaking. For context, when I first started in the industry, I was so poor at speaking that my colleague insisted that I join Toastmasters. She didn't recommend it. She insisted it because she was fearful I would not make it in the industry. I was that bad so I'm sitting in the audience and I'm thinking, imagine what it would be like to speak to a group like this. Well, I did. I got my chance to. In 2018, 
I spoke on the main platform of the Million Dollar Roundtable in front of 15,000 financial advisors from all across the planet. It was simulcast worldwide, and it was translated into eight languages. And it's me from Fort St. John on that stage. And if that's not a big, hairy, audacious goal, I don't know what it is. From the guy who couldn't even speak to one or two people at a time to 15,000 people. That's incredible. It is on my list, actually. I've, I've managed a what they call a, not a connection zone, a focus session. Sure. Yeah. So that was Vancouver 2016. And that, I think there was about 1,500 people in the room. So good you for know, you. That's scary enough. I am putting in or putting together my presentation to try and get onto the main platform stage in uh, Boston if we're allowed to go. I, I just feel like it's necessary to. To do it live rather than yeah, I've done both, and without a doubt, that the the thrill of being on the stage with the spotlight in front of you, it's it's an adrenaline rush that you just don't get over the a Zoom meeting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so watch this space, and I have to put this out there. So uh, Boston, if it's on, MBRT speaks Doug Bennett. That's the. Oh. <laughs> Putting it out to the universe. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Well, you know, you've got so many great messages to share. Though. You deserve a spot on that stage. Thank you very much. That's very kind. I do struggle a little bit with imposter syndrome in that respect because it's like, generally speaking, I'm just like chatting away to people and pulling out some good stuff out of them. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll so get there. That's a, a, a good topic to talk about in a goals podcast, though, is imposter syndrome. Because I actually, I've been thinking about this recently because we've got a, a group of colleagues in Australia and they've asked me to present a bit of a quick session for them. I know that you've spoken to our Anzac friends as well. And this is one of the things that went into my quick presentation for them is that we can accomplish magnificent things. Like our potential is so much more than we could even imagine. To let imposter syndrome hold you back is doing the planet a disservice. There's, there is, literally no limits on what a person can do if they're properly motivated. This is something that I think is quite important is is when we think about the things we can accomplish and the things that are a challenge, how much of it is an actual limitation and how much is merely a self-limiting belief? Because if you were to ask Brad Brain in the 1990s, if what are the chances of you speaking in front of the million dollar roundtable at the main platform in front of 15,000 people simulcast Translated into eight languages, I would say, get out of here, you're nuts. And yet Absolutely. it happened. Yeah. Right? It wasn't a limitation, it was a self-limiting belief. Yes. And that's important. I think that, you know, that's a, an important point for everybody else, you know, out there. It's like we are considerably more capable than we do give ourselves credit for. I think what we scraping I like to use the, you know, we're using the frosting on the snow on the tip of the iceberg of our brains. Right, right. I would say that. So we do have so much more capability. I just got to get more people on on here like you, Brad, that say how wonderful the podcast is. (laughs) 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 And get the numbers up and get people referring and recommending and that that will be good. So, So that's the big, hairy, audacious goals. What would you say, I'm going to ask you for, because you've shared a few bits and pieces, we've, we've got your app, we'll make sure that the details are available within the show notes so that people can um, 
download that and and give it a go. But I'm after a Brad Brain Nugget. Okay, goal setting, Brad Brain Nugget. So something that everybody in the world needs to know about goal setting that you can share with us. So here's something that I think would be useful for people to give some consideration to, and that's the idea of I liken goal setting to muscles. How once you start exercising them, what at one point was hard becomes easy. So here's what I mean by that is I'm doing a few things in my life. One of them is I'm writing my second book, but I don't even think of this as a big, hairy, audacious goal anymore. It's just inevitable because once, once you start setting goals and striving for them, reaching them, accomplishing them, setting higher goals, it just becomes easier and easier. And what at one point was unimaginable becomes a daily routine. So think about goals as muscles. And the more you exercise them, the easier they get. I think that's a perfect way to finish off this week's episode. Brad, thank you very much for joining me all the way over in Canada, right? British Columbia, of course. British Columbia. But the town was? Fort St. John. Fort St. John. Right. Okay. So, a lot of people, when they hear British Columbia, they think Vancouver. I'm about 1,200 kilometers northeast of Vancouver. Okay. So, on the way. Actually, Canada is a big old country, isn't it? Here's some context. We were talking about Toronto before we started recording. You're almost as far away from Toronto as I am. Over in the UK, you're about as close to Toronto as I am. Not exactly. I'm a little bit closer, but relatively speaking, it's about the same distance. Yes. Well, and that's the crazy thing about how vast that country is. And you've got a 20,000-pound group of people that you have a go at, that you look after. How many of them do you look after? Well, approximately 300 families, I think. Right. But not So that's an interesting question. Like, Who does a person work with? Because we can't be all things to all people. And in my case, how I've defined the people I work best with is people who are serious about their money. They have the resources to do something about it. And they're looking for professional advice. And I'll run into people who have lots and lots of money, but they're not a good fit for me. And I'll run into people that I really like working with. And maybe they're just starting out. They don't have a lot of money. But for me, I think the fit is more important than the account size. Good call. Good call. So that's something. And actually, you can lend that across any business. Yeah. Why would we spend time working with people we don't like? Yeah. that. And do you know what? My team say that. They say that to me. How come, Doug? How come? All of your clients are lovely. And it's like, just because I make my fees too high for the people I don't get on with. So they, they go off and find somebody else. And, and, and that's the right thing to do, right? If we're not the best fit for them and vice versa, there's no sense trying to pound a square pig into a round hole. Absolutely let's, right. Let's let them find somebody that they do resonate better with. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And that will work for every single business out there. So again, Brad. Thank you very much for joining me. We'll bring this episode to a close. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify. I'd love to hear about your goals. You can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk. 